Halloween night, 1975. A mysterious stranger in a dazzling white suit enters a popular nightclub in southwest San Antonio. He joins in the revelry and wows the assembled crowd with his impeccable dancing skills, stealing center stage on the dance floor. It doesn't take long, however, for the other dancers to notice something terrifyingly wrong about the newcomer. Not only is the stranger not wearing shoes, but his feet are those of a chicken, or in some versions of the story, goat's hooves. What happens next bears close resemblance to another, much older folktale, dating back to before San Antonio was even a place on the map. Join us tonight as we ask ourselves, what happened on Halloween night in 1975? Why is it still talked about almost 50 years later? And is there more to this than mere urban legend? That's today on Hey Strangeness. Do you have congested ghosts? Are you up all night long listening to ghost coughs and ghost sneezes? Then try Ghost Blow. Ghost Blow is the only decongestant clinically proven to be effective against ectoplasmic mucus. I couldn't get no sleep due to the carrying on of my ghosts. Now I sleep like a baby. Thank you, Ghost Blow. Paid testimonial, not a real customer. Order today and you'll sleep like the dead. Ghost Blow, from the makers of Chupacabra Chow. Warning, Ghost Blow is not safe for use by living humans. Do not handle, purchase, or look at Ghost Blow at any time. Ghost Blow will kill you. Do not use Ghost Blow if you are not already dead. Welcome to Hey Strangeness, a strange podcast about strange things made by strange people. Really, probably one strange person and... <laughs> One person who's not as strange. My name is Aaron. I am one of your hosts. Sitting across the coffee table converted to a recording studio from me is Sarah. Hi. Hello. Hello. You look nice. <laughs> and today we're talking about a local San Antonio legend. Uh, very specific, or maybe not very specific, to Southwest Texas. Um, I was going to say, I don't think I've really heard of it. I heard the story mentioned specifically like outside of or by non-texans or okay. at least non-southern texans okay. we'll get to that in a little bit but for now i'd really like to talk about the the locality of this story um tell me sarah as someone who grew up in the neighborhood where this is purported to have taken place well just like let me not ruin it tell us about this story as it relates to your growing up and your proximity to you and I'm just going to shut up and let you talk about it. Um, I feel like I first heard about it when I was in middle school as kind of a, a you know, don't go near that building. Um, I don't think I heard about the, like, actual devil sighting until I was a little bit older when okay. my mom kind of explained that it... She kind of used the words evil more than she used the word devil, before, you know, uh, to explain why I shouldn't go there. Um, but at that point, it was a strip club. Um, So that was already, like, an adult-type building that I couldn't even, like, go to if I were, until I was of of age. So stories about potentially shape-shifting dancers aside, this was not a location that local people considered to be a safe or reputable Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. Um, No, we were always told growing up, you know, if we were running around the neighborhoods, we just could not go to that building, go down that street, because I think it was like maybe four blocks from my house. That's what I was going to say. I'd like to tell everyone how close 
you grew up to the site of have we even said the name of the nightclub yet no i don't think we have okay. um I, I don't remember what it was called when it was a strip club but when the um devil sighting happened it was called el camaroncito el camaroncito which what does that mean do we know what that means uh camaron is like a shellfish or like shrimp crab or no not crab sorry um but i believe it's a shellfish um because camaron is is uh Oh man, I'm like blanking now. <laughs> I mean, Google it if you need to. No, I will. I am I'm curious. Um, but yeah, most recently, this building or this location um, operated under the name the Four One One, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, shrimp. Camarón is is shrimp. So shellfish. I okay. don't know what camaroncito means. Like little shrimp. Cito. So yeah. This was a fairly popular dance slash nightclub slash bar on f- the road formerly known as Old Highway 90. I think now it's called like Enrique Barrera. Enrique Parkway. Barrera Parkway. Yeah. yeah. I think it's named for a police officer. I feel like it's yeah. Sergeant no, Enrique I think it Barrera is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so if you're going to visit this place today, uh, don't look for Old Highway It's 90. so weird because uh, Google has it listed as an open bar. It does. It does. So if you look up El Camaroncito on Google Maps, it lists it as an operational business. Yeah. yeah. Pretty uh, interesting. But don't go there. And don't, don't go, go there. Either, please. Well, if you want to go there, I can't, we can't say don't go well, there because we went there. But uh, don't, don't, don't go there at night or don't go there without at least some, uh, there could be squatters. There's most likely squatters. There almost definitely are. There are multiple <laughs> entrances to this building, which from the outside kind of looks like a bunker. Um, right? Yeah, yeah. There's no windows. No windows. (laughs) No windows in the front at all. It's completely, like, walled off. And the windows that are there are very high up, and they are on the sides and back of the building, and they were probably only installed to accommodate window air conditioning units. Yes, most likely. Yeah, I would agree with that. Now, when we visited this building uh, fairly recently, I'd say within the last 60 days, there was a lot of graffiti on the exterior. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see some pictures on our Instagram feed. I posted them a while ago, but I'll, I'll repost them to, uh, feed in conjunction with this episode. And I wonder now thinking back, cause the, the graffiti was very spiritual. Cause remember it just said God on the front it door. Did. And that's like really interesting because I have not lived in San Antonio for the last six plus years of my adult life. So I don't, I really don't know what the current like status is, is in the neighborhood. Like mm. I don't know what the neighborhood, I, I don't know what the neighborhood is telling the current generation of kids growing up oh. there. Like I, I don't know if, if you know what I mean? The people that I knew living two streets away are still telling their kids like, Hey, don't go there don't mess with that area well, i um, may have a little bit of data regarding the modern neighborhood and how people feel about this story um not too too long ago let's see may 20th is when i recorded this video on my phone your birthday i specifically signed up for this facebook group because it uh you had to be a member in order to read comments and this comment thread had uh, 70 plus by the time I stumbled across it. And someone basically asked, uh, does anyone remember a story about a dancing devil at a nightclub in San Antonio? And, um, tons of comments by the time I got to it, it took me two minutes to record the entire comment thread, just like scrolling down here. Uh, but all of these overlapping comments and people corroborating the story at the Camarancito, I wonder if it ever stopped anyone at the Camarancito. My parents told me it was at a bar named La Cabradita? Where are you? La Cabradita? Huh. 
Interesting. I don't know if that's how you spell it and what it's called now. Well, then someone else says El Camaroncito, El Camaroncito on Highway 90. Uh, it was El Camaroncito on Highway 90. Yep, the devil appeared in the Camaroncito dance hall dressed as a woman. See, that's the only comment I found where the devil was uh, dressed as a woman. That's kind of interesting. Okay. Someone links to the Snopes article concerning the story, which we're going to talk about shortly. Um, two minutes of me just slowly scrolling through this comment thread with people corroborating this story. Uh, mentioning the same location, the same nightclub, over and over and over again. And then you actually get into a couple places where people are mentioning other locations in San Antonio where this is alleged to have taken place. Um, down on Brazos Road, down on Old Zarzamora. Um, there's a place mentioned a few times, La Gloria Dance Hall. So it's interesting because this set of events overlaps into multiple stories, multiple locations. What do you think about that? I mean, you grew up in this neighborhood. You know I, this town. Well, so I, I had heard there's another possibility of uh, this happening at a, a club on a, a Marbach. So, like, okay. definitely definitely rooted in San Antonio, but in, I, I've heard uh, of a possible other bar that this could have happened at um, on Marbach Road. Um, I don't know the names of them at this point, uh, but I have heard that it was either, like, it was either El Camaroncito, El Camaroncito or this other place on Marbach that, that had similar stories. I think the one on Marbach was a woman. Um, okay, so, so that's, that's you've heard the story about it being a woman as well. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. <clears throat> and then we've got a fourth location here. Yes, I heard military. it was a place on Somerset and Military Drive, huh. which it I is I feel like the El Camaroncito is the most common one that's used, but I've only heard of those two. I didn't know there was two others. Yeah. Um, well, we've got four potential locations, and then we've got two potential incarnations of the, the creature, quote-unquote, itself. Mm -hmm. Really three, because some of them are goat hooves, some of them are chicken, chicken feet. Chicken, yeah. So... I heard very one of you. interesting very interesting i haven't contacted any of the people that posted these comments so i'm not going to share their names or anything like that but just as i'm continuing to scroll through this video i have saved on my phone the stories just continue to overlap um el camaroncito uh it was the gloria on laredo highway 90 camaroncito like just people repeating the same things over and over again yeah. so this is a legend which is still very much alive yep in, yeah. in the, I guess, the zeitgeist. That's what I, I don't know what the current, you know what I mean? People that are my age, they're in their 30s that have children that still live in that neighborhood. I don't know what they're telling their children yeah. about this building. Because like I said, right, I mean, when I was in high school um, and in middle school, it was a strip club. And yeah. I mean, like, I still remember, like, the signs that would talk about Triple X and, and, and mm. um, you know, the the Monday morning or uh, the breakfast buffets. I was going to say, even free, as recently like, just, we as, couldn't go near it. yeah, like six years ago, because I started driving around that side of town to come see you, you know. Ten plus years ago. Ten plus years ago, yeah. yeah. And I remember pretty distinctly... Um, probably fairly recently, six or so years ago, there being a sign out there that said free pancake buffet. And, <laughs> um, and actually the last time we drove by, I paid a little bit more attention to the grounds around the building itself. And the sign that says the 411 mm -hmm. is still out there. Yeah, I um, saw that. I did notice that last time when I yeah. went by myself. So most recently <clears throat> this place was known as the 411, but Google Maps still lists it as El, El Camaroncito. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Sarah, what would you say if I told you that this legend might be not only older than 1975, but older than San Antonio itself? I, that wouldn't be surprising to me. 
at all because it's I mean if it does I don't want to say if it did happen because I kind of do believe it did happen um something happened if if we're rooting something in the devil I mean the devil is just as old as we can assume as Jesus Christ so I mean you'd have to be talking about something that is very old very thousands and thousands of years something old, primordial basically okay so I'm just gonna kick a couple things around here have you ever heard of the Hellfire Club? Yes. And I don't mean the book by Jake Tapper. No. Well, I think, no, I heard of uh, Hellfire Club first through Scariest Places on Earth, because I think they did an episode um, okay. where they talked about the Hellfire Club in, in Ireland, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Would you yeah. like to briefly summarize what the Hellfire Club was? Uh, I don't I don't know if I can detail it that well. Um, isn't it just like some people that <laughs> believed in the <laughs> devil <laughs> and worshipped him and... Yeah. Uh, you know, did this in caves out in Ireland? <laughs> I just burped. I hope that didn't That's show That's probably, like, the most basic explanation I could give. That's basically all I can okay. say. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I can of, speak more A bunch more of Irish guys it. got together. It was only men, right? I think so. Okay. Well, most things prior well, no, to I a know. couple hundred years ago Well, no. I, I know. Because, yes. This is true. You know, the, the systemic yeah. oppression of women throughout yep. the history of humankind 100%. is, it permeates yep. every culture. And, yes. Um. So I'm sure Ireland wasn't <laughs> exempt from it. But anyway, uh, back in the 1500s, a bunch of guys got together and decided, you know what, there's plenty of churches. Let's make one for Satan. Um, and they would get together. So they are technically classified as a, as a church of Satan? Okay, so I don't know. Oh, I'm not okay. going to say that for sure because there's so much, because there's so much conjecture and, and gossip surrounding even the concept of the hellfire club like it's Dude, arguable yeah. that they could possibly have not existed but we know that they did like we know that they existed um we just don't know exactly how deep the the black magic satanic evil stuff goes like for all we know this was a bunch of guys that got together and drank Skullthine a couple times a week. Are you familiar with Skullthine? fuck no what the fuck is that hot whiskey mixed with melted butter Okay. So they would drink this. Uh, hot, <laughs> hot whiskey. That <laughs> sounds horrible. With butter. Not saying anything bad about hot whiskey. My first chat room name was Hot Whiskey. Um, on AOL. Yeah, on AOL. <laughs> That's showing a quote. Your age. You're showing your age. If you right can there. DM us with the show that that quote is from, I'll <laughs> send you five bucks for a coffee or something. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so these guys would get together and they would indulge in hedonism. And there were different stories about them allegedly sacrificing a cat, possibly a human sacrifice, uh, possibly more than one human sacrifice. At least one member of the group was known to be an actual serial killer. Um, he was a rich man who murdered a couple of his servants and they could have been slaves. I don't want to downplay that. Um, it's in the 1500s, so. Yeah. A very rich man who murdered a couple of his uh, either servants or slaves. I'm not sure which. Um, and it was known that he did this, but because he was a rich white man in the 1500s, nothing happened to him. So, you know. Um, so it's known that people did die in connection with members of this group, but it's not known if they really committed acts of human sacrifice or Satanism or uh, uh, Satanic Guga, whatever. But specifically, the story we're referring to, um, one night, Hellfire Club's hanging out, doing their Hellfire Club stuff, and a strange man comes, knocks on the door, says, hey, I'd like to come in here and hang out with you evil men. 
I don't know <laughs> how the dialogue went back then. So this guy comes in. He starts hanging out with him, you know, with the Hellfire Club, doing Hellfire Club stuff. When, when all of a sudden, one of the other club members looks under the table and notices there's something wrong with this guy. Would you like to guess as to what it is? Was it the... Was it chicken feet? Like... De, uh, goat hooves. Goat, goat hooves. The hooves, yeah. Hooves. The hooves. Hooves. And that's why it's so interesting to me that there are multiple versions of the El Camaroncito story because in some, he has goat hooves. In some, he has chicken feet. And I mm-hmm. don't... I don't know where the chicken feet comes from. I haven't found anything that... that, that Oh, well, this is why we're talking about chicken feet. I think it's supposed to be how, I mean, just think about it. A man with like human sized chicken feet, like that's very unsettling. That's horrifying. That's what I'm saying. I think it had to do with just completing the whole unsettling image of what this event or night was. Even a normal sized chicken is horrifying. Well, yeah, absolutely. Because they're dinosaurs, but. Small dinosaurs. Like, just, I don't know. Have you ever watched a group of chickens go after a rat? Yeah. It's awful. I've seen them dig one up before. Like, all of a sudden you see the dirt moving and you're like, oh, no, what are they pecking at? And all of a sudden they bring a little field mice out. Oh, God. It's crazy. Awfulness. Anyway. What were you saying? I'm sorry. Um, No, I was just saying that um, I I think that's why the chicken legs were a thing. Because I've also heard one of each. Like, one chicken leg, one goat hoof. Oh, interesting. Again, you have to think of, like, the uh, unsettling image of that. That's fucking crazy, dude. Like, what do you mean? I feel like yeah. I'm saying like a lot. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. no. You're making the point. But, like, but, point. I, like, I think the whole unsettling image is what they were going for. Like, okay. to kind of complete it. And, I mean, the devil in and of itself is terrifying enough. But, like, hey, let's just throw <laughs> adult size <laughs> chicken feet and adult size <laughs> goat hooves just poking out from underneath his clothes. Would it be scarier if he was a full-grown man with regular chicken-sized chicken feet? Or... Are giant chicken feet proportionate to the body of a human man? Or is that Isn't scarier? that the same thing? No, no, no. Like, imagine someone my height, okay? Okay. I'm like 5'7", but I have chicken feet the size of regular chicken's feet, like just a few inches. So you would be tiny, though. You wouldn't still be 5'7". How would no, you no, no, be 5'7"? No. <laughs> a regular-sized man with tiny feet. <laughs> so, like, flat on your shin? No, just tiny little chicken feet. I don't feet. understand it. Exactly. It defies comprehension. It's so horrifying. <laughs> so there are a couple other versions of the story I've run across, and one that seems to be recurring, including in the comment thread on the San Antonio Memories group, um, is the idea that in the olden days, and no one has identified specifically what the olden days is or when the olden days is, um, but... It was normal for a a woman's mother to escort her to the dance hall uh, or to accompany her out on the town, you know, Um, chaperoning effectively. Um, And that one night a young lady... Does this have to tie to, like, Hispanic culture? I don't don't know. This is just what I've I've read in a couple accounts of this story on, like, blogs and and local newspapers and then also in the comments of people who are from this neighborhood, you know, as I keep referring back to. Okay. Um, sorry, I just wasn't sure. No, no, okay, I'm glad continue. you asked. I'm yeah, sorry. but uh, the this variation of the story involves, you know, basically mom saying, "Hey, we're we're not going out tonight. You're staying in. I'm I don't want to go. Whatever." And the the young lady saying, "No, I'm going anyway." 
Um, and that's why she runs into the devil because she was immoral, dishonest. Yeah. Even. Yeah. And a, and a question I had for you as someone who grew up in this neighborhood and very deeply steeped in uh, Hispanic Catholic culture, mm-hmm. the Hispanic Catholic culture of Westside San Antonio. Do you think this is in any way a cautionary tale kind of, uh, pointed towards young people like hey stay away from dancing stay away from bars you know i could definitely see that um that's why i asked if you were referring to hispanic culture uh-huh. as having the mother escort the daughter because i mean Is that we, a thing? we do have like you know our our communions and we have our quinceaneras and we have things that we kind of follow as tradition because the people you know our families before it mm-hmm. did that um, and so I can kind of see where, like, in a Hispanic Latin culture where it would be a mom escorting the daughter to a, a dance hall. Okay. Um, I, I don't know if that would really be happening in the 70s. I mean, maybe I could probably I see it more in the... 75. So I, I could probably to, see yeah. it happening more in, like, the 50s, 60s. Um, mm. I'm not so sure about the 70s. My mom was born 59, so she was... I'm trying to think, like, a, a, around that age, I think, of, of going to, to bars and clubs. So that's what's interesting, because she... Well, wait, no, wait, 59, no, she'd be still young. She still would have been, like, a kid, right? Yeah, sorry, I completely fucked no, that no, no. up. No, but, um, but that's part of what I wanted to talk about tonight, is because I asked multiple people who are uh, local natives of not only San Antonio, but this neighborhood in particular... Um, would you be willing to say that you were there that night in 1975? Or do you know anyone who is willing to say that they were there? Um, and in every case, the answer is no. I could not find a person. And I, I, mean, I think I asked quite a few people, right? Yeah, I mean, and I do have a pretty large family. Yeah, yeah. I asked a pretty good number of people. Uh, who are I'm, alive. and Who are alive or whose parents were alive at the time. Yeah. Or, or, you know, one or the other. Um, contemporaries of this legend who, who, who all said, no, I don't know anyone that was there. Um, but going, they do, they do tout it as fact also, by the yes, way. Like, let's yes. put that out there because it's... And I'm more on the believing side of things than the non-believing side. Uh, I think Sarah is probably the more skeptical of the two of us. I think I would agree. But it's interesting to me... Okay, one, it's interesting to me that this story goes back over 500 years that we can trace its roots at least as far back as 1500s Ireland. But it's also interesting to me that there are differences, key differences. Um, The story in San Antonio seems very much themed upon morality and avoiding hedonistic It just sounds like an an Americanized or whitewashed version of like... Um, uh, this is going to sound really stupid and maybe you'll have to edit this out because I don't want to sound stupid. (laughs) But like in my head, I'm thinking of, um, Chicago, which was a cautionary tale about jazz. Like, oh, if you listen to jazz music, you're going to drink and you're going to shoot people. Yeah. So like, here's this where it's like, oh, you don't want to go out on your own without your parents escorting you. Because if you don't heed your mother's advice and go against her wishes, you might meet the devil because you you did. That was wrong. One interesting that parallel. That sounds stupid now that I've said that. <laughs> well, no, 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 but it makes sense. Like, that's what I'm thinking of in my head. Whether, I don't know what you would call that, but... Whether something actually happened on Halloween night in 1975, or whether this was just an old story that, that someone's abuela adapted into a cautionary tale, yeah. you know? Or, there's a third explanation, which I'm particularly fond of. 
deep in our ancestral memory, far, far back in the literature and lore of humankind, there is a spectral being which has been dancing his way from party to party since at least the 1500s, and at least as recently as 1975. The Dancing Devil of the Hellfire Club and San Antonio, and who knows where else. What do you think about that? I think that'd be interesting. I think it's a cool idea. I think it'd be interesting. It's a cool idea. <coughs> On the whole, this is a very interesting story, uh, which leaves a lot of room for speculation. And we will never know conclusively what happened on Halloween night in 1975 or what happened in the Hellfire Club in the 1500s. But if we're talking about local folklore uh, and we're trying to find parallels to historical folklore, I mean, this is a great example, I think. Yeah. Um, I didn't even think about that until you had brought it, brought it up the first time when we were mm. ta- talking about it. Um, One interesting parallel between the Hellfire Club story and the El Camaroncito story is that... Uh, so in the Hellfire Club, when the you know people noticed that he had goat's hooves, he disappeared, just disappeared, and left the smell of sulfur mm-hmm. behind. Mm-hmm. In the El Camaroncito story, when people noticed that his feet were not human feet, he ran into a back room, either a restroom or a storage room, it's not clear. Uh, and then when you know they busted down the door to try to get to him, he was gone and there was the smell of sulfur. Mm-hmm. Interesting parallels there because that's kind of a specific thing. You know, to you, smell- well, I don't you know wouldn't think the I smell feel- of sulfur like, oh, don't go outside. You might meet the devil. And <laughs> smell sulfur also. That specifically is what got my attention as a parallel between these two stories was the, the smell of sulfur. It wasn't even the feet or the alleged disappearance. It was the I just feel smell. like any type of devil or demon sighting even... Or interaction uh, does have, like, a hint of sulfur. Because I feel that's always yeah. kind of correlated to hell. And Don't we hear that referenced in, in other paranormal accounts that may concern demons or Yeah, hauntings? that's what I'm saying. I feel like, I feel like um, anytime I've heard about, uh, or, like, even, um, not poltergeist, what am I thinking? Just, like, hauntings where they feel a yeah. devil is involved. The smell of sulfur is always, like, one of the side things. Very interesting. Very interesting. So again, we could theorize that the, the, you know, mother or abuela or whoever maybe heard this old Hellfire Club story and was like, I'm going to adapt this to the <laughs> modern day and I'm going to mention the sulfur smell as well. We could argue that. That's a possibility. Sure. I, I don't know, though. Whenever we get into these stories that go back so far, but then crop up again in the modern day. Um, and we could dig into a lot of different paranormal lore uh, and come up with a bunch of examples, but let's not let's not go too far down that rabbit hole right now. I have to stop for a second and go, ah, but why? You know what I mean? Yeah. Why did this pop up so long ago, and then why did it pop up again? Now, yeah. Yeah. I guess a good example would be Sasquatch, because we can go very, very far back in human literature and find references to wild men and hairy men. Uh, Native American lore, you know. Uh, and then we have modern day sightings where people are reporting seeing the same thing. I guess it kind of parallels that for me a little bit. So I did I did rabbit hole one example. But I just find this, this one fascinating. I find it really interesting. We did recently, as we said earlier, visit the site of El Camaroncito. If you would like to see pictures, they are on our uh, Instagram feed. 
Um, it, it is private property. It is maintained by a current owner. The graffiti that we mentioned a little while ago has since been covered up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so someone is keeping an eye on it. Someone does own it. Do not go to this address and break in, please. Um, one, you could be injured. There are probably people squatting there. Uh, two, it's private property. Just don't do that. But if you would like to go, it is on Enrique Barrera Parkway. I believe the closest cross street is 34th. I think so, yeah. I believe it's 34th Street. Um, so not too difficult to find if you're familiar with the geography of San Antonio. I didn't even realize it was that cl- Like, I mean, I grew up knowing that it was within walking distance because I would walk to different neighborhood streets and yeah. visit friends. But, like, until I was an adult and kind of understood what was supposed to be happening in the story and drove past it i didn't realize it was that close right there right yeah. there. yeah and this is a story that has you know i mean you just google it it's all over the internet like there are quite a few websites that have covered it in fact snopes.com the famous debunking <laughs> website i don't know if you can call it a debunking website have they done one on the train tracks i don't know i think they have the actually. san antonio train tracks are an interesting story uh For but snopes.com considered to be one of the more reliable sources of information out there when it comes to urban legends and, and things of that nature, has this story listed as not true, not false, but legend. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, because it <laughs> could be true. Thank you for tuning in to Hey Strangeness. My name is Aaron. My name is Sarah. And we have thoroughly enjoyed our time with you tonight. If we have uh, gotten anything wrong uh, historically... Otherwise, during our episode tonight, please feel free to send us a message and let us know. And if you understand uh, audio editing and RSS feeds, you can definitely let me know about that too because I'm still trying to figure all that out. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye.